The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome back to Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. This is episode 77. It's been a while since I've had a Mr. Benfica episode, and that is because I am waiting for this damn telenovela to end. (laughs) All this nonsense with the transfers and a certain free agent signing that was on, then it was off, then it was definitely on. Now it's definitely off. Waiting for all that to end. I was hoping we would have resolution by now as, what, a month has gone by and there is still no signing. And now it sounds like the club is no longer interested, which I don't believe for one second. So just going to continue in regards to a certain Uruguayan striker. Going to continue to just wait until we have something official one way or the other. But that's not why I'm here today, okay? I'm here today because we have a very special episode today. We're reviewing UEFA Youth League quarterfinals, okay? This was from about a week ago. Quarterfinal between Benfica and Dinamo Zagreb, all right? And spoiler alert, you know that Benfica are playing in the final of this competition. By now, if you're listening to this show, I'm pretty sure you follow the team close enough. Uh, if you listen to this show that you know that they're in the final. So the plan is now that I have some time to record here and some time to rewatch these matches, we're going to do episode 77 today. We're reviewing the quarterfinal. Tomorrow, we'll review the semifinal, okay, uh, against Ajax. And then on the, fo- on the following day, on Thursday, we'll have episode 79 which will be a review of the final, and it's actually going to be a a co-production, if you will. It's going to be two of my projects coming together to make one episode, essentially. It's going to be a combination of Mr. Benfica and the PTB Youth League Report. So I will be doing one episode and killing both (laughs) birds with that one stone. And I'm really looking forward to that. We're right now just a little bit away from kickoff. All right, I'm going to squeeze this episode in before we get to kickoff in the final. So we're going to pretend while we listen to this episode that we don't know the outcome of of the subsequent uh, match. But today, episode 77, we're going to look at the quarterfinal. Benfica versus Dinamo Zagreb. It was, of course, a 3-1 Benfica victory. And it helped the Benfica U19s through to the semifinals of this ever more prestigious competition as Benfica tried to keep the trophy in Portugal. We don't have to mention what club won it last year. We won't even say that name, but we know it was a Portuguese club. Benfica now with the duty of trying to keep that con- that trophy in Portugal. Um, 
Today's episode obviously focuses on the quarterfinal. And I think by the end of these three episodes, if you listen, you'll have a good understanding of who the players to watch in this generation are, who's coming up, and who we can look for to either you know break into the first team, to make a name for themselves in the B team, or to even earn themselves some kind of loan or something to go out on loan and to and to be the next Diogo Salves or the next you know uh, Nuno Santos, you name it, the next Benfica player to go out there to make a name on loan and hopefully come back. I hope that's the plan. As you know, paths to the first team right now are very very few and far between. We have reinforced the first team finally, and and it is properly reinforced for the first time in several years. So it's going to be hard for any of these guys to break into the first team this year. But, but there is a bright future for a lot of these players, and I think you'll grow to appreciate that in the course of the next three episodes. So I'm going to take a quick break right here. Okay, we're going to pay a bill. We're going to listen to Reconquista after that. And then we're going to get into the first half of this quarterfinal U19 UEFA Youth League match between Dinamo Zagreb and our Benfica here on Mr. Benfica, part of the PTB Media Network. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Benfica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And you can follow me on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. Don't forget to check out MrBenfica.com. And also make sure you follow the PTB Media Network on Facebook, on, excuse me, Twitter. It is at PTB underscore media. And you can get all the news there as, again, I'm still waiting for to for some T's to be crossed and some I's to be dotted, kind of like the Cavani deal, um, before I can announce some big news for you regarding PTB Media and Mr. Befiga. All right. So stay there, stay tight, and we'll be right back with the first half of this quarterfinal match of the UEFA Youth League here on Mr. Benfica. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo O nosso sol, querer de todos 
Welcome back to episode 77 of Mr. Benfica. We are at the UEFA Youth League quarterfinals. We are in Switzerland today, Neon, Switzerland to be exact, the Colore Stadium. And it is Dinamo Zagreb, the Croatian side's U19s versus Benfica U19s. It is August the 18th when this match took place. Dinamo are coached by Goce Jadalski, and they're playing in a 4-1-4-1 formation. Their goalkeeper is Renato Josipovic. They got four across the back. Vito Baptistic, Matteo Lesch, Josip Sutalo, and Josko Guardival. Tomislav Duvnijak is the central defensive midfielder with four in front of him. Bernard Carissa, Eden Juliardija, Nico Jankovic, and Antonio Marin with Daniel Tuetofozzo as the lone striker. Meanwhile, Benfica come into this match in a 4-3-3 formation coached by Luis Castro. Leo Kukubu is the goalkeeper. The four in the back. The right back is João Freira. Pedro Alvaro and Moratu are the central defense partners. And the left-sided back is Thiago Arujo. Three in midfielder Paul in midfield, excuse me, Paulo Bernardo on the right, Rafael Brito in the middle, and Thiago Dantes on the left. And in attack, Gonzalo Ramos, recent debutante to the first team. We saw him score two goals in about six minutes of playing time, remember, in the Liga Nage this season against Sportive de Zavs in the penultimate match of the season. He plays down the right. In the center is Enrique Araujo and the left sided. Attacker is Umaru Imbalo. And the, this I watched this match on BTV, of course. And for the first quarter of an hour or so, we had absolutely no commentary. I don't know if the connection was cut or if there was some kind of difficulties going on. But it does allow us early in this first match to listen to some of the coaching and listen to the the instructions being given and just the conversations being had by the different players on the field. Most of what you heard was in Portuguese. The Benfica were doing a lot of the talking and Luis Castro was doing plenty of instructing. And the phrase you keep hearing over and over and over is Abra nas costas, open on on their back or in behind, open in behind or just behind, over the shoulder. Um, several times you hear that shouted in the opening minutes of this match. In the fourth minute, Gonçalo Ramos is fouled on the right flank. Thiago Araujo with the in-swinging left-footed cross from the free kick. It goes to the far post, finds Pedro Alvaro, but his header is right at Joseph Povic. Sixth minute, and it's Batistic uh, as he gets fouled, and the wingback gets in behind. I'm sorry, he doesn't get fouled. He gets forward. My handwriting, like I've said in many episodes, is horrible. But uh, 
Batistich gets forward and the wingback gets in behind Tiago Araujo and tries a driven outswinging cross um, just a few centimeters off the ground, really driven hard and just off the ground. Paulo Bernardo attempts to clear it, but he ends up kicking it right off the on-rushing and late-arriving Marine. But fortunately for Befica, the redirection goes wide of Kokubu's goal, and danger is temporarily averted. In the seventh minute, it is Marine again, Antonio Marine, for Zagreb as he beats João Pereira and appears to be in on goal. But at the final second, it's Moratu getting stuck in while tracking hard. And he manages to, to prevent the Croatian side from getting a shot on goal and subsequently pokes the ball out for a corner. Nothing comes from it as the center back pairing of Moratu and Pedro Alvaro combine well. One to win the ball, the other to clear it from danger. Eighth minute, and Benfica is trying to break out down the right, but João Pereira is fouled by Antonio Marin, and you can hear the referee address the Dinamo player in English and telling him that, um, addressing him by his number seven, telling him that that is his final warning. First ten minutes still belong to Dinamo Zagreb, no question about it, as um, Benfica are having a a hard time getting going. It's clear that Zagreb have played more football in the recent weeks and months with their 2020-21 season already underway in Croatia. And many of these players already part of the club at the senior level, whether it be at the on the A or the first, I'm sorry, whether it be on the B or the first team, um, while Benfica are showing the rust of a long layoff early on. Just a few of these Benfica players were called in. By Nelson Verissimo for the end of the season, or actually by Bruno Lage before that, um, when he called in, when when the league resumed, uh, Bruno Lage did call the team in and he brought in five of these players, but only Gonzalo Ramos saw any time under uh, Nelson Verissimo late in the season. So there's a lot of rust there, but um, Benfica do begin, you know, to to organize a little bit, but in the 15th minute, it's some nice build-up play from Dinamo Zagreb in midfield with Julardija, uh, the number 10, receiving a square ball inside the center circle. He takes a fantastic first touch. I thought this first touch was absolutely exquisite as he plays it right into the open space with his right foot where he wanted to take the ball. He played it to himself into the space and then picks his head up and gives a, gives a phenomenally weighted uh, through ball right between Benfica's defenders. Uh, they're trying to turn around, but by the time Benfica's uh, central defender there is turned around, he is behind the attacker. It is Karika uh, or Karisa. Um, he's in on goal one on one with Okubu, and the Croatian calmly chips the ball over Kokubu's right uh, shoulder. And the ball will go into the goal. Muratu arrives just a little bit too late to break up the shot. And it is 1-0 to Dinamo Zagreb in the 15th minute. Bernard Carissa opens the scoring. 
And magically, as the ball goes into the goal, BTV's commentary is back. <laughs> and we are joined by the usual Elder Conduto and uh, Rogério Matias as they start to give us uh, a rundown on how the first 15 minutes played. Uh, Benfica began connecting passes, though. It seems like surrendering the goal seemed to be exactly what settled Benfica down after the restart. The Eagles began building up control of the play, and they began to really uh, impose their game or their will into the match. And Benfica began connecting passes, like I said, and they are they are combining well, beginning around the 20th minute. And in that 20th minute, it is Gonzalo. He gets in on the end of a Thiago Dantes cross, and he heads it towards goal, a diving header, but it's wide to the goalkeeper's right. 22nd minute, and the referee gives a cooling hydration or hydration break. After the break, Befica began finding Umaru Imbalo with space down the flank, and the number seven on the day begins to give a lot of headaches to the defenders in blue. Dantes, Brito, and Bernardo start finding each other with more ease. And in the 27th minute after combining, they release Thiago Araujo down the left flank. And his attempted cross is blocked out for a corner. Dantes' corner, uh, he hit, he overhits it just a little bit as it goes over everybody's head by the slightest of margins and rolls out for a goal kick. 30th minute, though, it is Imbalo again. He This time he crosses for Gonzalo Ramos, but Sutato, Sutalo is there first, and he clears it straight up into the air. Uh, Duvinsky uh, will go up to, for it, but Paulo Bernardo will come in. He decides to just jump into his back midair, and Benfica's box to box and midfielder goes into the referee's book. At minute number 30, it's a yellow card to Paulo Bernardo. Duvnijak uh, stays down for a bit and receives some treatment at 17 years old. He is the youngest player on the park today and has already and already has first-team appearances for the defending Croatian champions. 33rd minute, Elder Kondutkin notes that the striker... Enrique Araujo is yet to get any service at all. Mefica doing virtually all of their damage down the two flanks. Um, there has been nothing in the attacking third, though, as of yet, and nothing for for El, for uh, Enrique Araujo to get onto the end of. But on the 36, starting with a free kick deep in their own end, um, in their. In their defensive third, Moratu's square ball for Pedro Alvaro is just a little bit off the target. And it makes Alvaro have to reach for it. And he manages to just poke it on the slide um, to get it away from the on-running Dinamo striker who is trying to pressure the ball. He successfully pokes it wide. It goes to João Pereira who has a smart first touch pass down the right flank to Imbalo. Imbalo turns on the Jets. And he beats his marker. And have a listen here as we get some play-by-play from BTV. As Imbalo gets in behind the back line down the flank and delivers a cross. Do Benfica foi produzida por Gonçalo Ramos. Benfica que tem seis dos onze titulares que já marcaram nesta competição. É uma equipa com golo. Lá vai o Maribalo. 
Sai cruzamento para marcar o Benfica, vai marcar, espera dentro, golo! 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 Benfica! Marca Henrique Araújo! Andava desaparecido do jogo, aí está, na primeira oportunidade, o matador madeirense chega ao golo, cruzamento de Umaru Di Maria Embaló, jogada espetacular do luso apareceu... Para faturar a ponta de lança, Henrique Araújo nunca tinha marcado na UEFA Youth League ao sexto jogo. Marca em quase 200 minutos de competição. Ele que, vale a pena sublinhar, tem 61 golos em dois anos de Benfica. So phenomenally driven, low, outswinging cross along the ground by Umaru Imbalo, right on to the left foot of Henrique Araújo, we just talked about him, and essentially with his first touch of the game, he buries the ball into the goal and pulls Benfica level just outside the six-yard box at the far post. We're level at one, and Benfica will take control from there, and they'll continue to control the match throughout the rest of the first half, and what will happen here is, is Dinamo will begin to retreat They'll begin to drop their lines, and when the referee blows his whistle for halftime, Dinamo Zagreb will be very relieved to go in to the team room, still level 1-1. And we're going to take a break here as well, here on Mr. Benfica. This is episode 77 here on the PTB Media Network. We'll be right back with the second half. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica. This is episode 77. We're in the quarterfinals of the UEFA Youth League. Benfica and Dinamo Zagreb. Second half gets started off with a substitution for the Croatians. It's Dino Kapitonovic coming on for Tuetofatsu. So the Cameroonian exits and the Croatian replaces him as Enrique Araujo kicks off to start the second half. And in the 47th minute, it is Batistic going into the referee's book for a hard foul against Rafael Brito. 48th minute, and it's Pedro Alvaro holding his right hamstring, and this is not a good sign as he is the player with the record appearances in the competition. This is his 28th UEFA Youth League match. But he is unable to continue in the 50th minute. He's forced off in Tomaj Araujo is on to replace him. 51st minute, João Ferreira gives the ball away on a poor pass intended for Tumaj Araujo. But Ferreira does well to run down the loose ball after his bad pass. And he manages to chase down the Dynamo attacker and closes him down and prevents him from getting a cross off and hurting Benfica. And um, Ferreira does well to not allow the opposition to capitalize on his mistake. We go to the 53rd now, and Benfica now building out of the back. Moratu playing a nice diagonal ball into space for Tiago Araújo, and he runs onto it, and let's have a listen from Elder Conduto. Teve mais de 100 internacionalizações, muito, 
fortecido também na Macedónia, onde trabalhou. Também em clubes. Atenção ao Benfica. Tomás agora a cruzar, que é o Espetáculo! Aí está o feiticeiro, Gonçalo Ramos. Gol! Benfica! Coisa linda, Tomás Araújo foi à linha, à moda antiga, cruzou, saltou, ganhou, cabeceou, marcou com este cabeceamento Gonçalo Ramos, quinto gol na competição, é uma jogada espetacular do Benfica no limite do forte jogo. So it is Murato with the nice long diagonal ball on to Tiago Araújo, Tiago Araújo, the left-footed player playing on the left side, old school style, the the uh, self-proclaimed big fan of Paulo Futre as he gets to the end line. He takes it to the end line and crosses it on an end swinger right onto the head of Gonçalo Ramos. And Gonçalo Ramos cocks way back and fires a header into the low corner. The goalkeeper uh, has no chance at all to get to it. It's a beautifully, beautifully built goal for Benfica. And early in the second half, Benfica take the lead. As Araujo delivers a perfect left foot across right onto the run, like we said, of Ramos. And the striker's header puts him in the lead. And it is Gonçalo Ramos' fifth goal in this year's edition of the competition. And Benfica start to just absolutely torch Dynamo down the flanks, both flanks. Benfica completely controlling the tempo of the match now. And Rafael Brito doing a great but un but largely unnoticed job um, of being the link between the ball movement for Benfica in the different phases of construction from the defensive phase into the into the midfield into the attack. Uh, Rafael Brito just doing a great job of, of of being that bridge between the different lines in Benfica's formation. And we move to the 59th, and it's Dantas working with uh, with Brito in the middle in construction. The ball gets out wide and then finds itself swung all the way across the back line until it gets to, who else? Moratu. For the third time in this match, he he hits a long diagonal. It ends up on his left foot, and he, he hits a pinpoint accurate 65-yard diagonal onto the run of who Elder called Di Maria Imbalo, the Umaru Imbalo, calling him Di Maria Imbalo. And Elder, tell us what happened next. O Gonçalo Ramos, daí se perceber a importância de, de Ramos e a tal uh, extraordinária exibição que está, está a realizar. O Mario Imbalo, ainda Di Maria Imbalo, jogador mágico, que o oficiamento, golo! O feiticeiro Gonçalo Ramos saltou, ganhou e voltou a marcar de cabeça este extraordinário jogador em potência das escolas do Benfica com 9 anos do Benfica. É uma pérola este camisola 9 do Benfica. Gonçalo Ramos em mais uma jogada espetacular de Di Maria Baló, segunda assistência na partida. Di Maria que não chegava, Di Maria Baló, como é conhecido pelos colegas, não chegava desde dezembro, reaparece com duas assistências e com o seu futebol ao melhor nível. And it is him again, Gonçalo Ramos with another header. This time, 
It was Umaro Imbalo doing some brilliant work down the right. Cuts inside onto his left foot. Sends a beautiful in-swinging cross this time to the middle of the, the six-yard box, roughly. In-swinging. Gonzalo Ramuz gets enough of a, a header on it. He actually hits it pretty well. And he doubles his tally with the header. Again, this one to the far post. And he's on the end of the in-swinging left foot across from Imbalo, as we said. The ball way out of the goalkeeper's reach into the back of the net. It's 3-1 to Benfica, and the ticket to the semifinals, for all intents and purposes, is punched as Dinamo Zagreb begin to really lose their, their composure at this point as we get a nice assist from Imbalo, and it is... Gonzalo Ramos' second of the match as the Croatians will go to the bench in the 62nd minute. In comes Parger, out comes Batistic, as well as Tomek replacing Duvniak in the 62nd minute. And we we move along. Benfica in complete control now. They're, they've got the ball. Uh, they've got it just about all the time. The Croatians are struggling to get the energy to do anything but chase. Uh, they're trying to fall into position, finding a hard time getting any any action on the ball and trying to get the ball forward to put themselves in any kind of situation to get back into the match. It's the 65th minute, and Luis Castro goes to his bench. In- Enrique Jacou comes on, replaces Rafael Brito, and Ronaldo Camara replaces it says Araujo. He replaces one of the Araujos. Um, just a moment. I will backtrack my screen here and tell you which which Araujo it was. As I do apologize about that, it would have been. It was Enrique Araujo. My apologies there. So Enrique Araujo, the striker, comes off, and the midfielder Ronaldo Camara, the Angolo Cante of the Seychelles, comes on in the 66th. We keep moving as Benfica again in complete control, and. Gaining a free kick here in the 71st as Tomek concedes the free kick to Joku. Um, another substitution in the 71st for Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, Barasic comes on. Julardiza comes off. And Dinamo just can't get anything going. They're, they're trying to get forward, but it's Benfica in complete control. 78th minute. Benfica will utilize two more substitutions. Luis Duke is in. Paulo Bernardo is out. And Pedro is in for Umaru Imbalo. So after an eighth month absence for Umaru Imbalo, his most his uh, previous appearance before this match was in the second division, the Portuguese second division, Skunda Liga, on December the 29th against Sporting the Cuvillan. So he hadn't played since December the 29th. Very good performance for Umaru Imbalo in this comp in this match, I should say. Um, and if he could just see out the result, that's really all there is to it. They see out the result. We get to the 85th, and Lesh goes into the book. He's shown a yellow card for a foul against Gonzalo Ramos. Ramos, excuse me. And the wheels just come undone in the 90th for for uh, Dinamo Zagreb as Josipovic, the goalkeeper, is sent off for 
first he's fouled by Joku, but then he retaliates, and the referee sends the goalkeeper back to the showers early as he is sent off. The backup goalkeeper, Kavlina, has to come on. The sacrificed man is Antonio Marin for for uh, Dinamo Zagreb. And four minutes later, it is Jankovic uh, fouling Luis Duke and receiving his second yellow, and he is off. As, uh, like I said, the wheels come off for Dinamo Zagreb. A little bit of a lack of lack of discipline shown here by the Croatian side. And the referee will blow his whistle for full time at 90 plus 7. Let's take a look at some of the statistics for this match. All right, as we move forward, as it was, as you know, 3-1 to one in favor of Benfica. Total attempts, Benfica 13 attempts to Dinamo 6. While Mefica had five goals on target to two, sorry, five shots on target to two for Dinamo. Uh, Mefica with three shots blocked in addition to the five that were on target. Uh, disciplinary action: six yellow cards for for the Croatian side, four for Mefica. Still not the best disciplinary record that I'm looking for from Mefica. Um, you don't want to accumulate yellow cards. At this stage, when you are in the lead, when you are pretty much assured of of progressing, the last thing you need is to pick up yellow cards that can hurt you in the in the preceding rounds. And um, we'll talk about that obviously in the next episode because yellow cards do accumulate. And for me, that's a little bit of a form of of lack of discipline, which I would expect better from Befica, given the level of which it holds its players to. Um, good performance all in all for the goalkeeper, Leo Kukubo, the Japanese international, youth international goalkeeper. Bifika does well in this match to control it after falling behind early. A lot of rust in the first quarter of an hour, but then Bifika settled in nicely and started to play their football and started to, to command in the match. They started to... Um, Insist in the in the rhythm in the in the tempo as Benfica would pick it up and start to really 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 put their mark in the match and it became Benfica's match that was being played. Dinamo was only reacting to Benfica; they weren't doing any anything proactive at that point. Despite going ahead, it looked like they they're a team. Dinamo's a team in the commentary. Uh, the commentary team touched on this that they are a team that likes to defend. They were, were they surrendered the fewest goals of any team in the competition, and they they like to defend and like to counter. So when they got the lead, they were thinking that this was exactly where they wanted it to be. They were happy with it as they were going to retreat and start to find start to find uh, more comfort in playing in deeper lines and playing. A football that they're more comfortable with, obviously, of of a counterattack. But Benfica didn't didn't uh, lose their their focus. They found a way to get in between the lines. They absolute Benfica's down the flanks, absolutely unstoppable in this match. Both uh, Imbalo down the right and Thiago Araujo down the left. Benfica, of course, missing Thiago Veia, who's also a very, very, a very, very good player at this level. He's not available for this final stage, um, and you know you start to see the cream rises to the top, and you get two goals from Gonzalo Ramos. And for me, Gonzalo Ramos in this match showed um, 
I think he's a step above the rest of the team. To be quite honest, there, it's not just the goals. Okay, he he does a lot of work in that number nine position, dropping, and he gets into spaces to receive passes to assist his teammate. He helps in the pressing. He's a very important piece of Benfica's high press as he arrives early. And he's often the one with the with the vision to, to kind of um, get back, get in support. When his teammate is the one pressing, he knows where to fall in support and seems like a very, very intelligent player. And like I said, he has the experience of, of going into the first team and in his and in his Six minutes of first-team football this season, scoring two goals against Avsh. Um, he's a very good finisher, very good uh, you know, shooter of the ball. He has a lot of power. He's a strong player, classic, classic forward. I like this player, Gonzalo Ramuj, a lot. He, uh, he's a player with the characteristics we just don't see a lot of anymore in, world, in football, the big classic number nine. Even though he plays a little bit more wide than a classic nine, he has all those characteristics. He's got a. He knows how to play well with his body. Very, very good feet technically. Okay, he's a good passer of the ball. He's got good vision. He's able to check, you know, and 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 he's able to step deep, receive the ball, and turn. Something that is also dying away in in modern football. The ability to do that, um, especially with a team like Benfica that is so so focused or reliant, if you will. And just strong down the flanks. Um, another guy we watching closely would be Thiago Dantes. A lot of people calling for his inclusion into the first team in the past season. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see anything too special from Thiago Dantes. Uh, perhaps part of it, I think, is the system, because in a four-three-three, it takes a certain type of central midfielder, and Thiago Dantes is not. I, I, like I don't know that anyone can realistically ever see Thiago Dantes playing midfield in a four-three-three for Jorge Jesus, for example. Because when you only got three midfielders, you're looking for some other characteristics in him. Now, he's 20 years old, but he's not necessarily done growing. Okay, he can still fill out. I don't think his size is as big a problem as other people do. But what I would like to see more from Thiago Dantes is getting into the spaces in between the lines. Okay, getting in. Getting himself uh, in good position to receive the ball and to do what he does best, which is feed his teammates and to put his his forwards, his strikers, in good scoring positions. But um, for a player that that wants to be in the first team, for a player that wants to be ready to make that jump, I would like to see more from from Thiago Dantes in mat. Excuse me, in matches like this, and also Muratu is is a player that a lot of people think has a future in the first team as well. And a lot of you have, have mentioned him that he, he, there may be a place for him in the first team this year as a fourth-choice central defender or something like along those lines. Well, Benfica's strength at this, at this level, at this age group, and judging from these games is very hard to judge because he doesn't have they weren't forced to defend very much, okay? Outside of the first the first fifteen minutes, Benfica did not have to defend much. And I talk about this all the time when we talk about the issues with our outside defenders in the first team. Okay, it's specifically Nun Tavarj, Tomas Tavarj, Academy Products. And you see it in this match. The the outside defenders don't have to do any defending in the match and even the central defenders are more of of uh play 
they're more of builders than they are of defenders. More, you know, they do more building than they do destroying. On that first goal, the backline, the entire backline was, I think, um, showed they were exposed because they were, you know, they they set up a line of five and they had gaping holes in it and unable to to read the play as it was very very simple for for the Dinamo player to just feed the ball between the wickets and let his teammate run on by the time Benfica's central backs had turned it was too late and one of them really should be able to see that read the play and kind of get himself turning a lot quicker and dropping faster um that's just the way that I, I see it. You know, I watched it over, and I think that that goal was very much avoidable. They should have been able to to read it better and to anticipate that ball because it was it was it was you know an autostrada. It was a highway. It was a freeway down down between those defenders, and the player picked his head up from the the number ten there from. From Dinamo just picks his head up and slots the ball into the space for his teammate to run up onto, and Carissa was his name, and he just simply chips it over Kukubu's shoulder and into the goal. So that's something I would like to see them improve upon. Um, it, it's again, the, I'm worried about the defending at you know. At all levels in the club, because I don't think we're we're molding defenders. I think Ruben Ruben Diaz is an anomaly more than he is a a product of the system. I think we're not developing good defenders, in my opinion, or not good enough defenders. Um, yeah, Fehu had a great season a year ago, but again, that was on a Benfica team that did not have to defend a lot. His work was mostly going forward. When forced to defend, Befica's backs are exposed. And, and that happened in the, in the short time that they were forced to defend in this match here at the U19 level. So I would like to see Befica really improve defensively, at least with their defensive players. It's still a part of the game. It's a less attractive part of the game. But no doubt, it's a part of the game that needs to be developed so that we don't have to go spend 10, 15 million on defenders five, six years from now. That central defense and outside defense are positions where you sh ideally you shouldn't have to go to the market. Uh, of course, Benfica tried in the last three, four years to not to not go into the transfer market for these positions, and they ended up paying the price for it. But they should be able to come into into the first team and play these positions now. Yes, there's an adjustment that needs to be made. It's different playing central defense at an under-19, under-23 B-team, second division level and coming into the first team. And I, the players, especially in those positions, need more time. They need more reps, more matches at those levels as they go up. It, it, it's, it's not beneficial to anyone to take a junior, a U-19, put him <laughs> into the first team like they did with Tomasz Tavarsh, Okay, He skipped very important steps in his development, and it showed. And now they have a, an issue on their hands where they're going to have to figure out how to rehab that situation. So I'd, I'd like to see that mistake not done again, not committed again by this club. Um, 
and there's talented players uh, here, um, especially Tiago Araujo, who can play as a left back or a left-sided midfielder, a true winger, and I, I'm sure he can play in attack as well. He could play as a left forward. I, he can do the entire left side. I think there's a legitimate baller there that needs to be handled correctly. And again, like I said, I think that um, when it comes to Moratu, because that's where I started on this spiel, you just don't see enough of him defensively to know if he's going to be able to develop into into a guy that can play in the first team week in, week out as a central defender. I think he needs more time in the B team. Um, the problem is the B team takes the pitch and they're playing against professionals, but professionals that are all too happy to allow Benfica to possess and to pounce on them, wait to create, you know, wait to force mistakes and then try to beat Benfica's B team that way rather than them playing against, you know, a professional team that would try to go at them and try to see, you know, how our, our defenders can, can really adapt and learn to truly defend at the top level. So I think, the only the only remedy for this, in my opinion, is lo- loaning these defensive players out to teams that are not as strong, teams that are forced to defend more, but not teams that are all-out defense either because that's a whole different match. It's a whole different game, and then they don't work on the other parts of it. I think Benfica's backs need to go on loan either abroad to teams that play a similar game as Benfica, but again, that are not at the top of the table, and or they can go to the Rioavs, the 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 Famalicões, the Vitória Guimarães of the world that are good teams, but are gonna be forced to defend in plenty of situations all season. So I would like to see that for Morato going forward, but we'll we'll see how the rest of the matches play out for these guys again. But my man of the match. Um, in this one was Umaru Imbalo. I thought he was fantastic in this match, considering he had an eight-month layoff. And, of course, um, Gonzalo Ramuz did pretty much nothing wrong in this match, and he ends up scoring two goals and finishing, w- bringing his tally on the competition to six as he chases you know, the top goal scorers in this competition. That's going to do it for episode 77 here at Mr. Benfica. It was happy. Um, sorry, it was great to be back with you in this episode. I'm happy to, to be recording and talking Benfica again. Um, I will keep putting some PTB material into the feed, into the channel, because it is, I'm hoping that you're enjoying that and keeping you, you know, um, connected and letting it be a bridge between the Mr. Benfica episodes. But... Okay, today was the quarterfinal. Tomorrow, I'll be bringing you the semifinal match against Ajax. Ajax were winners just after Benfica uh, played, beating Danish champions Majitland. And um, Ajax would, would face Benfica in the semifinal. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. And then the next day, we will discuss the final between Benfica and Real Madrid. Okay, by the time you listen to this, you probably know how that went. But I'll I'll save it for that episode, all right? And then... Then I have the season finale coming up that I'm working on, been working on. I'm looking forward to to bringing that to you next week. It will be the 89-90 season review. The return of Sven Joran Eriksson to Benfica. And maybe it'll give us a little peek into what we can expect from Georges Zouge on his return this season. Um, and then that'll close out season two of Mr. Benfica. It could be two, it could be three episodes um, that make up that little that little season review. We'll see. Um, also, I, I want to ask everyone to to please follow 
me at the at the PTB Media Network. Okay, my project there is starting to gain some momentum, and it's starting to gain a lot of content. I'm putting out stuff almost every day over there now. So uh, please, uh, wherever you get your podcast, go to PTB Media and follow. Okay, and for those of you interested, I've also got I've launched the Flamingo Nation podcast in the past two weeks, match by match reviews, just like I do with my pick up for Flamingo in there era post George Zouge and um it's it's not going well so <laughs> it's not going well so but if you're interested and you want to hear it just go to Spotify and search Flamingo Nation thank you for listening to this episode 77 of Mr. Benfica I am the Mr. Mike Augustine you signing off and reminding you to remember to follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica and I will see you tomorrow or you'll hear from me tomorrow with episode 78. All right, semifinals of the UEFA Youth League as we keep marching towards the 2020-2021 season, which will be kicking off in a short time, and we keep moving towards the season finale of Mr. Benfica for Season 2, coming up within the next week to 10 days. All right, very, very quick turnover, though. But you will see some new stuff in the new season. You'll see some some visible changes and I'm looking forward to bringing all of that to you in the coming weeks. And also big thank you to everyone who listened to my conversation with Mario Mata of Benfica After 90 back in episodes 75 and 76. It was a fantastic experience to get to talk to someone um, with that kind of knowledge and that kind of understanding of the uh, of other sides of the game that often get ignored by us football people a little too much. So, again... Thank you, and I will talk to you tomorrow here on Mr. Benfica.